Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mostly Yoga Podcast with me, uh, Aaron. That's my name. And this is my show. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you're a long-time listener and you like what you hear, you can always go to coffee.com slash mostly yoga to show your support. That's ko-fi.com slash mostly yoga. Um, if you decide to donate, thank you very much. And if you don't, that's okay as well. You can still listen to this for free and I'm happy to make it because I love to talk about yoga and I love to have conversations with all these interesting people and I love to learn. So yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, Google Podcasts or whatever, um, leave a leave a positive review. Some some stars would be nice for for people to see, and and I'm apparently on YouTube as well. Uh, you can listen to the podcast there. I think I was fi- I, I meant to do this a long time ago, and I think I was syncing. I was trying to sync my podcast to YouTube, but I didn't know whether it got through, and then. I was just fiddling with the settings one day, then I think I did it because I got an email a couple of days ago that someone commented on the video, then it popped up on my my notifications. And I was like, what's this? And I clicked and I have a channel apparently, but it's only half of the episodes on it. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know why I'm I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know if people listen to this podcast on YouTube, but if they did, if they wanted to, it's there. So, um, yeah. This episode is brought to you by BC Flow State. Rediscover the way you move, feel, and perform through the use of natural and authentic movements that you can help. That can help you build strength. That can help you build strength, regain your mobility, and reconnect yourself with your physical body. That's what I meant to say. Um, for content on mobility, movement, and other feats of strength, check out his Instagram at bcflowstate. Okay? Um, I think it was yesterday that Bronson was featured on China News Asia for doing all these um, little IGTV uh, tutorials where he helped old people um, just stretch out in, a, in, in dialect. So then at least they can understand like Hokkien or, or Mandarin or whatever. And he has like his friends on who can speak different languages, Malay, Tamil, etc. So go check it out. Send it to your mom, your grandma, whatever. And yeah. And for the second sponsor is uh, it's Homemade Chili by Red Dot Chili Peppers. So if you are a spicy lover... Unlike me, because I don't like spicy food. Ooh, but I do love this chili a lot. I'm not in, like, I'm, like, this is the best chili I've tasted. So if my word is anything to take, you try it yourself. But if you hate it, I mean, different folks, different strokes. I like it and I just want to share it. So if you, uh, love all things spicy and green and good, order yourself a bottle or two or three on her IG or Facebook page at Red Dot Chili Peppers. All the links will be in the description below. Okay. Uh, my guest today is John. John from Home Yoga. He's my colleague. Um, he is an incredibly tender being, if that's if that makes any sense. Like he's such a gentle soul. And being in the presence of him, like when I went down to his place, vroom vroom. I went down to his place and I met his lovely wife, Martha, um, to do the podcast. And she she prepared some nice tea for me to drink and she baked a cake for me to eat, which I really enjoyed. So thank you, Martha. And uh, we talked about yoga, of course, specifically Ashtanga, the practice of Ashtanga. And it's actually a great and insightful conversation and a great and insightful introduction to the practice of Ashtanga. For those who don't really know much about it, as well as for those like um, the Vinyasa yogis, you know, who 
who who I feel like I don't know. It's just listen to it. You, there's quite a bit of wisdom and insight to unpack. So, oh, uh, uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. Here is John. Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Hello, John. Um, thank you for decide for coming onto this podcast. Thank you for also inviting me to your nice home. I think one of the fun things, or rather, the the one of the novelty things that I get to experience when I do this podcast is I get to go to everybody's home. I get to see how you know the intimate space and all this kind of thing. So it's nice to that you um, trust me to invite me over. <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for inviting me. And uh, this is my first podcast. So yeah, I'm a little bit uh, intimidated. <laughs> sure, it's gonna be fine. Like you said, we have to just go with the flow. And yeah, <laughs> exciting. Okay. Yes, we have met a few times. We've spoken a few times at the studio. Got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have you on the podcast at some point. I feel like I want to have everybody at home on at some point. It's just mm-hmm. like I gotta, you know, gotta keep doing it. Um, so you have you've been teaching for a while, a long time, and you have a specialty which is Ashtanga. That's mm-hmm. your that's your thing, right? Um, we're gonna dive into that for sure. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit more about how you first started out as a yogi. Mm-hmm. So you started out when you were very young. I didn't yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> and this was back in Bangalore. Yes, that's yeah. where I was born and brought up in yeah. Bangalore. Yeah. So how did how did yoga first get introduced to you? Oh. <laughs> and then how did you feel at that time? Yeah, I was. Um, I think it was around nine years old when I was first fascinated with the practice of yoga. So I saw this demonstration in my school where uh, um, students who practice yoga, they had a demonstration and I was really fascinated by the way they move their bodies and uh, it was a lot of contortion style yoga, but uh, I was very fascinated and I immediately felt like, okay, I want to try this. and. yeah, we have the school curriculum activities in our school, like people take up uh, dance, karate, and uh, yeah, I took up yoga. Mm, that's interesting. Singapore doesn't have this, eh, now that I think about it. I think they, they don't. should. Yeah, they it's should. Really, it's a really interesting thing. Mm. As a, it was a gift as a kid to start practicing asanas so young. And yeah, from nine years old, it right. was just part of me, I guess. So then from there, you started out at nine, and you just kept doing it all the way to... And not all throughout, I practiced uh, from nine years old, six, seven years continuously. And after my uh, school, during my college, I had a gap of mm. six, seven years where I was just exploring life. And wow. <laughs> well, that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Um, Go where on. I didn't practice yoga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so after that, uh, yoga found me again. And yeah. Okay, um, what, what was your? When did you decide to take your TT, or when did you decide to, to share your practice as a teacher? Um, for me, it wasn't uh, this decision to take up a TT or something. Like I said, yoga found me, you know. And uh, as fascinated I was with yoga, and uh, as happy I was with this asana and everything, this having this break of six seven years, my body went back to square one, like any. Uh, anyone who starts practicing they will realize if they stop practicing for a while Ah, it's really hard so uh, this seven years break was uh, after I went back I was super stiff I couldn't move my body as I used to as a kid it's of course easier to move the body in certain ways and stuff so let's see after my graduation I had a few six months break where I didn't do anything because I was trying to figure out where which job to do and stuff because I I did um, my bachelor's in commerce which is not something that resonates with me <laughs> and uh, I I was not this guy who could uh, go into a business field and uh, yeah um, I was contacted uh, to study with a, a living master uh, oh. and in a gurukul system where we had to live with him for a month and then eventually I 
I ended up living it with him and working for him for three years, uh-huh. and uh, I was uh, placed in one of his centers in New Delhi, where right. I started teaching. And uh, yeah, this uh, I didn't have this teacher training TTC, so I okay. we had this, this uh, living and learning experience yeah, yeah. with the master. It's like a full, so, like yeah. an intern, like a year, three year long internship ish. Kind of, yeah. It is. It is more more, more than internship. It was a. Uh, whole life experience i would say which i came yeah. close to my heart so all these learnings and teachings. and this was something that you you sort of sought out or it found no it, it just found you just me kept going and, and then one day like you want to you want to follow this teacher and you just went. no no actually uh yeah, this uh like i said this master he was teaching a big bunch of students who he wanted to train after right. he trained before this 10 years or something ago and uh, um he, his teaching uh, was very famous all over india and even across the globe he's mm. got many centers and stuff so uh, it's an opportunity of a lifetime of- yes and it's, it's 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 funny even when i get goosebumps when i say it when i first met him uh, he's kind of a mystic you know he uh. told me that uh, you were there in my past life i wanted mm. you in this life that's why you're here and stuff like that i was like oh what is this guy talking about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I was I was young. I didn't. I was just fascinated with the fact of leaving uh, Bangalore, mm. going to some uh, north northern India, and I was very excited mm. for that. You know, that's where he they wanted me to start working as a yoga teacher. So it was basically living with the master and practicing and teaching, and uh, we had uh, all other trainers and teachers living with us in a community. Mm, yeah, that's like a that's like an amazing adventure. It's like yeah. a three year long TT basically, like a full immersive More or less, something yes. like that. <laughs> nice, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then and uh, so then what happened afterwards? So then you were teaching, and this was and what st- this was Hatha, or yeah, it was uh, Hatha. It was called artistic yoga, so okay. it was. Uh, it that was, was his st- lit style. Yeah, it was okay. his style. It was more for the modern day people. It was a combination of starting off with warm ups and salutations and focusing on different body parts mm. each day and uh, a systemized program of yoga. And it's it was also focused mainly on weight loss mm. and more of a training some days and mixed with pranayamas and uh, different breathing techniques and mm. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Artistic yoga. Artistic yoga, yes. Okay. That's what it's called. So you did that for... Uh, three, three years, years. and then uh, Ashtanga found me. How? <laughs> or I found Ashtanga okay. in uh, the other way around. And yeah, I think that was around 2012. And uh, during my teachings, I also started exploring various different styles of right. yoga. Uh, Iyengar, Hatha, and different, all different styles. Mm. And then I found Ashtanga and I thought that, okay, this style resonates with me a lot because I really loved how systematic the approach of the practice mm. was and how beautifully choreographed everything is and uh, the breath, bandhas, the drishtis. And it made me realize that, okay, this is what I want to do. And mm. I followed my path to Ashtanga and uh, yeah first I went to Kerala to learn more about the practice and then I found my first teacher actual teacher Ajay Tokas in Delhi he's a wonderful teacher he uh, is one of the very few Indians who are authorized and uh, he motivated me to go to Mysore where I found Sharadji and ever since I've been going back to Mysore year after year. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's such a great story. I, mean, I feel I feel goosebumps there. Because it's such a... It's, it's, it's a story of like... Um, it's it's like you it, you just one after another, you know? You just did the, the practice and then the practice re- re- repaid you in that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so how was your first... Ashtanga practice like oh I mean I'm not like like how did it make you feel and what drew you to it like because you went you sort of were just exploring okay I'll, I'll try Ayanga okay next mm-hmm. I'll try next I'll try this so you went and then like so you were saying about how you appreciated the systematic approach that tradition that yeah. that style mm-hmm. right what about it was so appealing because it's a fixed sequence it's a 
it can be boring, you know? Yep. Some people, let's say if I do it, oh, I find it boring because mm-hmm. it's the same thing every day. But then what about it drew it to you? See, to me, I never found it boring to begin with because mm. uh, as soon as, uh, when I started Ashtanga, I already had a certain background in the form of yoga and uh, I knew asanas and stuff, but I had never really practiced it in such a uh, rigorous way, you can mm. say, in a way where it, uh, I, I realized that it is a breathing practice. That is the first aspect of the practice because from the Akam, the first movement that we start until the last moment, we are constantly breathing. So this, I realized that I cannot breathe that much. I, even though calling myself a practitioner of yoga, it was very hard for me to breathe as they wanted to because it's of course very hard with the flowing constantly and holding postures your body's exhausted mm. and i couldn't stretch my breath or keep myself calm i couldn't find my stirasuka so that intrigued me like wow, wow this is something and i thought i was very sporty i was very mm. athletic also in my college days so and this was very surprising that i couldn't i couldn't really find that center mm. that calmness within so that uh, kept me going back to the practice of Ashtanga. I started first learning it through videos. Mm. I didn't have a teacher because that's how I started it. And uh, yeah, eventually it led, led me to go to Kerala in Varkala. It's a beautiful cliffside. If at all you go to Kerala, you should go there. Yeah, my, my, I have a neighbor who's from Kerala. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where my folks are from. My oh, land nice. is in Kerala. Yeah, okay. Has, the, has Ashtanga changed? Like, if like also after you be, you practice Ashtanga a little bit more, mm-hmm. has it changed your practice in other aspects of yoga? Completely, completely. I think the practice of Ashtanga brought me closer to my true self. And uh, <laughs> okay. yes, it's, it showed me the potential of what the practice of yoga actually is beyond asana. And uh, yeah. <laughs> completely changed my life upside down okay um, <clears throat> so a part of Ashtanga is yeah. of course the Mysore Mysore to someone who's not familiar with Ashtanga what exactly is this Mysore style and what makes it so unique to the practice of Ashtanga because mm-hmm. no one else has a Mysore practice yes. you have a self-practice yeah. but it's not really a Mysore practice yes you know so the word Mysore practice uh, uh, when you speak about Mysore Mysore is a city in uh, mm. the state of Karnataka in India it's in the southern part of India and this city is like a pilgrimage for all the Ashtangis mm. all over the world. They go yearly, like even me, I go back mm. to my teacher to touch base with my practice and uh, have this grounding where uh, all the Ashtangis from all over the world come there to be in that one space where they can practice and be a student. Mm. Most of them are yoga teachers. Yeah. But this space has got some magic to it. That's why we call it the magic of Mysore. So it's mm. it change changes uh, practice uh, completely for all Ashtangis. That's why we encourage all the Ashtanga practitioners to go to Mysore at least once in your lifetime mm. because uh, you understand uh, that is where the practice originated from. So. Sri Kapatabi Joyce, uh, the grandfather of uh, my teacher Sharad Joyce, mm. is the one who uh, put forth the system of uh, Ashtanga sequence or series. There are six series. So initially a person starts practicing with the primary and uh, it requires you to have certain understanding of the postures and uh, have that steady strength, stability and endurance, everything to go through the next series uh, mm. intermediate and so on and so forth so the practice of Mysore style is very unique because it is a individual uh, mm. practice where the person is listening to their own breath it's a, it's kind of a self-practice in a group setup mm. so people are doing their own practice according to whatever their bodies are capable of listening to their own bodily intuitions listening to their breath focusing on their drishtis with the guidance of a teacher who's all around the room uh, giving certain guidelines to each student uh, 
how they can work upon certain things so it's it's, it's a very uh, empowering practice where uh, you're not blindly sorry for this even i teach uh, vinyasa style but uh, I, when i say blindly following somebody else's instructions it's also good but uh, according to me actually yoga works when you are having a self practice that's that's interesting because like i feel like because i've done myself a few times and mm-hmm. it's very difficult because you are you in a conventional class you are following the teacher yes arms up arms down right leg forward left leg back you sort of can switch off yeah but in uh, ashtanga or in my saw specifically mm-hmm. there is no one leading you mm-hmm. you have to remember what's next so mm-hmm. then your mind is thinking mm-hmm. but you're not lost in your thoughts because the breath brings you back to the the drishti brings you back to the focus yeah so you're in the pose you and that comes with the fixed sequence so you know yes. it every day is the same thing so mm-hmm. you you muscle memory yeah you're doing your five five then you do left right right mm-hmm. so then what keeps you in that pose is breath one two three four five then vinyasa or next and then what keeps you steady is the drishti when i practice vinyasa i close my eyes all the time mm-hmm. and that allows me to lose myself in my practice yeah. but then the ashtanga practice commands you to be present in your body Completely. so then you because yeah. when i went to my saw uh once i closed my eyes mm-hmm. and then the teacher said no open your eyes trishti mm-hmm. tip of the nose tops of the hand yeah and i was like mm, okay mm-hmm. and then that changed things because now it's like i'm fully present yeah. you know versus the time when i'm lost in my in my flow yeah so that like, mm, okay that i noticed that yeah and that is a a a powerful thing you mm-hmm. know it's a different shift it's a different pra- it's the same thing or i want more to uh where to it was the same thing but then it's different because of the method of my soul yeah mm. but there are a few uh, things that i want to say when you said that uh, all this focus the drishti the breath and it's easy to say but it's mm. so difficult to find it so when a person walks into it uh, and it's a misconception that people have to know the sequence the series by heart you don't have to know you mm-hmm. have you don't even uh it's a practice welcoming for a complete beginner even so it just uh, requires you to have a good teacher who is uh, patient enough to teach you and uh, the teacher is the teacher's job to guide the student from the beginning to teach you what you can learn according to your own body type so mm. it's a practice choreographed according to your own it's tailored to mm. your own needs so even though we have a fixed sequence of series right. each and every one of us are so unique in our own bodies even if we do triangle pose 10 people doing or 1000 people doing triangle pose it looks in a thousand different ways right. so we can't put it all in one box so the oh, practice the sequence may seem the same but it is so different according to a person to person i make sense if um, if you actually devote and for give time to yourself to go into a mysore room for a few many times not just few times mm-hmm. but a few regular times to understand what this practice is about okay then how like so what has that practice revealed to you mm. having done it thousands of times i'm yes. sure by now mm-hmm. yeah so like we say the first uh, yoga sutra of patanjali is atha yoga anushasanam which is now is the beginning of yoga and uh, when i say that i say we all have that seed of uh, desire to break through you know so we have that innate ability which we which is otherwise we wouldn't be coming to yoga in the first place so the more we want to learn the more we experience things so what i'm trying to say here is when the seed or this sankalpa is put forth where you want to explore of your own potential of your own life so you come to the same thing and this practice becomes a moving meditation mm. the same thing you don't need to think twice what's happening uh next or what's coming next your body creates a muscle memory you already know what's mm. what's next and over the period of time your body moves into that state of uh 
stirasuka and then you eventually find that stillness and comfort within the pose so it's not only about uh, simply moving the body uh, uh, it's it's also when we say about ashtanga it it requires it forces you to move so much and at eventually over a long period of time after a dirghakala you find that stillness asana stiti mm. so uh, asana is truly learned when you are able to find that asana stiti when you are able to stay in a pose for let's say two and a half hours so what asana means to sit mm. and to sit and breathe or sit to be alive where you are so that can come in today's modern world what happens is people are always in the move yeah. so this practice of vinyasa and ashtanga it all it meets us with this movement and eventually hoping that we can find that stillness that's interesting that's interesting so many things about i i think from what you said like and i and i when you said that I, it made me think about something that's been happening with me recently about how I feel recently like in the past week about how I feel like I'm distracting myself or rather I'm not allowing myself to be still and to sit and to be present. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm moving around a lot. I'm uh occupying my time with practice, go 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 work out, go meet my friends or whatever, but then it feels like the day goes by and I haven't really done anything mm-hmm. or rather I feel like I'm not addressing something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And I have been thinking about like going for ashtanga or going for bikram or something different because mm-hmm. the fixed sequence, right? The yeah. the magic of the fixed sequence is because then you don't have to like it's always the same. So mm-hmm. there's no there's there's that routine and that routine is grounding in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always I've I felt like I wanted to 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 go for one of these recently. Yeah, you must mm. welcome uh, I think uh, Sita is teaching myself yeah. at home. She's a wonderful teacher. You should practice with her. I mean, it's full now. That's the thing. It's always full. <laughs> yeah. Same with Copper's Big Ram or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's in demand, and uh, when uh, you say about your mind's distraction, you know, it's it's also what uh, I keep going back to Patanjali Sutra because I mm. think they are like a. Uh, yogic's bible it is it so, is yeah. and so that is the chitta vritti you know so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the patterns or the turnings of the mind yeah. so the whole mastery practice mastery. of yoga is to find that uh, chitta vritti you know mm. to find that um, stillness and mm. not let the mind go into these turnings and it's okay. a constant practice at and nobody can find it overnight and even if you find it it's a constant practice you that's where we step on the mat every yeah. single day every single day it's that same opportunity that we have to connect to our true self and to breathe and to have that moment to ourselves and it's not just of course you know this not just practicing mm-hmm. that and going back to your uh, normal routine of uh, let's say wake up eat sleep mm-hmm. uh, and repeat you know mm-hmm. it's 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 trying to find something more yeah, yeah. more than that yeah. and uh, yeah is this like is does this come with yoga or does this specifically come from the practice of ashtanga like what's the difference between say i can like can you still gain these benefits from a vinyasa or a hatha practice definitely you can mm-hmm. you know it's not like only ashtanga can a different practice resonates with yeah. different people you have to find what resonates with you and you really according to me you need to stick on to that one particular style mm-hmm. devote yourself rather than uh, um explore you can explore different styles of yeah. course for sure but after you find something that resonates with yourself stick to it for a certain period have that discipline of doing it over time mm. and uh, find magic in that same right, right. thing or after many years it may change of course you can change along with it but at least for a certain time one has to find that uh, uh, centered mind to stay focused in one particular path for a certain time so you can dive deep into that subject yeah. and uh, forgive me if i am 
trying to sound like a uh, accomplished yogi i'm not i'm still in the path just like yourself trying right. to learn and relearn and everything it's yeah. it's a constant learning it is i don't think anybody can master not ashtanga all, there's no all. way to yeah be the yoga you know you can't do everything yeah except if you're a guru or a guru mm. who's a guru guru is uh, the word go stands for darkness and ru is light so guru is uh, one who leads us from darkness to light and it's not a guy a person who who's acquired lots of knowledge and he can share this knowledge a guru is somebody who's transcended uh inside out according to me there are great legendary gurus or mm. yogis like adi yogi adi guru who's also known as shiva and then there is jesus christ krishna yeah. buddha patanjali mm-hmm. all these are wonderful legendary yogis and these are the gurus and mm. yeah. we have to learn about all these people i mean i really love all these topics it's mm. it's swadhyaya for me <laughs> it's i mean it's a it's nice to it's, it's it's nice to be able to learn more about the physical like past the physical when you learn about that philosophy and it's so str- so interesting that like mm-hmm. a daily practice yeah. of the same thing can then like make you ask these questions about like gurus and and all this kind of thing yeah mm. I think. Well, how was your first? I asked you this question already. How was your first Mysore practice like? Like, what did you go through? Ah, uh, my first Mysore practice. Um, And, yeah. Uh, so, I like, when your first Mysore practice, how deep were you into Ashtanga already? Were you familiar with the sequence by then? Well, my f- no, yes, I knew the sequence, but. Uh, I had to ground to myself. Yeah. I went to my first Mysore practice. I did my sun salutation A five rounds. I did sun salutation B five rounds. I did standing postures, and then I was asked to do the last three postures, this mm-hmm. finishing sequence. So, so I had to do that for a week, and uh, it's like a step by step progress. You know, once it's not, you know, all the sequence. What comes one after another? You do. You go. Mm-hmm. You're done. No. you have to have an understanding of what these postures are and how to move in and out of them effortlessly and that's the practice mm. so that takes time you know it doesn't come overnight and yeah it took me a lot of time to master the asanas which i'm still working upon mm. with all the challenges that i have Gee. okay <laughs> and, you're talking uh, about your your knee injury la. yeah not yeah, just it's been it's been injury. like yeah. it's, it's, it's it's also one of the lessons in the right. whole journey of life but yes um, yeah the practice always keeps uh, like there is a saying that uh, practice never gets easier you keep getting stronger mm. so Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> on the physical uh on the physical a- aspect of ashtanga. So I have this question and I mm-hmm. and I asked you this back when we were at OC sitting outside having a chat. I don't not, don't know whether you remember, but so be, okay, because of the nature of ashtanga where you can only progress mm-hmm. to a certain point before you have to stop. So yeah. then Uh, two 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 questions two parts of this question so number one is um how do i say it so if is ashtanga a physical based practice because you have to achieve a certain pose and if you like doesn't make it a very doesn't make it doesn't make ashtanga a posture driven practice because you have to achieve a pose before you ask your second question mm. can i just yeah. answer your first question yes. i think it might take a bit Ooh, of time here we go to answer your first question yeah. so when you ask me if sashtanga asana driven practice mm. so in today's time what we consider yoga is all about asanas isn't it mm. it's it's uh, it is how you and me came to our first yoga class through asanas so but uh, the unique spiritual master patanjali uh, who put forth the philosophy of yoga or the sutras he didn't envision this so he had 
the Ashtanga system put through. So that's the Ashtanga method with the Yamas, Niyamas, Asana, uh, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana and Samadhi. So these are the eight uh, limbs <laughs> or the eight steps yeah. of uh, Ashtanga Yoga. So mm. the Asana is the third limb. Mm. So according to Patanjali, even before we start practicing Asanas, there are two more limbs which yama we have yama. to sort out yama and yama which is again for yamas are uh, basically the moral uh, discipline and the niyamas are the self-observation the inward so, and, the, and the external yes so and these are also again further subdivided into five uh, five uh, yeah. so yamas are uh, satya ahimsa ahisteya parigraha brahmacharya which is truthfulness non-violence non-stealing non-stealing non-holding and uh, non-lustful oh yeah yeah brahmacharya yeah. Uh, and also yeah non-attachment and uh, uh, niyamas are uh, saucha santosha tapas Swadhyaya and Ishwara Pranidhana. So okay. cleanliness, uh, contentment, contentment. Uh, s- uh, tapas is uh, discipline. Sa- yeah, discipline, Swadhyaya, self-study and Ishwara Pranidhana, surrender to a higher yeah. self. So imagine if it was the case when we entered our first yoga class, this people ask you, are you, are you clean? Are you practicing non-violence? Are you doing uh, are you not being lustful mm-hmm. only then you can start practicing yoga no nobody would have come to practice yoga so the after patanjali patanjali was uh, there in around 2000 years before uh, now that was let's say uh, somewhere around 250 to 300 years uh, before the common era and a thousand years after patanjali the hat yoga masters got together and they uh, understood that okay in today's time it doesn't work like that so let's start with asana practice a bit of pranayama pratyahara and dharana and then we can fix all the yamas and niyamas so all the yoga practices we start practicing with the physical aspect of it you know so in, uh, in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, there is a saying, when the breath moves, the mind moves. Mm. And when the breath is still, the mind is still. So by controlling the breathing, the yogi attains steadiness. Mm. So that is what the Ashtanga system or the whole yoga practice should be. And all the vinyasas that we uh, practice has to lead us to this asana stiti, the stillness. Mm. So, and we find, find this through, uh, let's say, Dirgakala Nairantharya, which is the long-term determination, dedication, and discipline, devotion, which is the four Ds of Ashtanga, discipline, mm-hmm. devotion, mm-hmm. dedication, okay. and determination. And, uh, yeah, so we become grounded in this practice when it is done uninterruptedly for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Patanjali also tells us how, uh, let's say, why you do asanas. It is, uh, he says, tato dvandadanapi gataha, which is to get over the dualities when we practice in our mind. And he also gives us how to practice asanas or what. He says, prayatna shaitalyam anantasama pratibhyam. So, Prayatna Shaitilya means uh, effortlessly. Ananta Sama Pratibhyam is fixing the mind beyond. So we practice the asana effortlessly fixing the mind beyond with the help of all these drishti, mm-hmm. breath and bandhas which, which is the three main elements of the practice of Ashtanga. And of course even with Vinyasa we try to use all these aspects with the moving we eventually find the stillness so whoa yes asanas are the stepping stone but our yoga doesn't stop there right yoga of course to look at a practice just purely as postures is such a simple way of looking at something so abstract (laughs) 
You were saying about the dualities. What, what did you mean by that? Uh, dualities. It's of the mind. Of the mind, yeah. like you said, you have some. Coming back to yeah. your, your, when you mentioned that you have all throughout the day, you're meeting people, you have mm. this, that, you find it hard to settle your mind. Mm. So, a yogi's life uh, is no matter what is happening in and around you or everything, you are really centered. Mm. Your mind is fixed. No, uh, it's it's not about living in the past it's not about living in the future we live in the moment that doesn't mean we are not preparing for the future mm. living in the moment means we are preparing for the future but we are living in the moment doing everything that we can without with a calm mind with mm. finding that chitta vritti mm. so that turnings of the mind dualities we find uh, that steadiness that mm. Ekatattva abhyasaha, one pointed focus we have oh. in the practice. Yeah. Mm. Okay. A lot to just reflect on what you just said. I get it. I can I can see how the practice whether of the of yoga can bring you to those states. And hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so tell tell me, Aaron, what what uh, what do you feel when you practice uh, vinyasa, closing your eyes? Hmm. Closing my eyes helps me to be present in my body. So then, you can stand like if like I'm just standing on my two feet with my eyes open. I can see. But then, if I close my eyes, it's a different experience because now I need to be aware of how I ground my toes to mm-hmm. be. Otherwise, I'll just fall. Yeah. Because you can't see, you have no um, focus, so you need to engage Can certain things. Can you also things. do that for standing balancing postures? Um, warrior two, all this kind, okay. Yeah. Tree pose, no. Okay. <laughs> Tree pose is hard with cl- eyes closed. <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah. but I like balancing poses oh, yeah. and. Because the bal- to balance on like one leg forces you to be focused. So then you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. Of course. So then you're in that moment because you have to keep yourself stable. Mm-hmm. So I like balancing poses. Eyes closed also gives me that focus in a way where I am tuned in. Um, I'm listening. <clears throat> so I just need to hear. So then now one sense is down. So then the other senses are now... Um, raised you know mm-hmm. they're peaked they're peaked up I'm just listening I'm just feeling yeah. I'm not looking around I'm not distracted by the visuals what you're having right? is called pratyahara yeah ooh okay withdrawal of senses yes yeah but, but then so like say that's that's my version of mm-hmm. seeking that and then for Ashtanga I, I need that Gaze you don't necessarily need that, and it's, uh, it's it's again a misconception. Right. You know, it's about it's not fixing your gaze at one point and screwing your mind into that. Mm. You know, it's the gaze is soft, it's subtle, it's mm. not straining your eyes into these points, and it doesn't really uh, matter where you look at it. Doesn't mean that you have to only look at your fingertips. You have to only look at your toes, your navel, your nose. No, it's just training our mind, keeping the eyes open. Right. Even with all these distractions, we can find that center within okay, ourselves. Okay, that's so interesting. That is drishti. Because then, because like, that makes sense. Because if I open my okay, say say if I have a, I'm opening my eyes and I'm practicing. If I see something moving or if I see someone doing something weird, I get immediately confused or I get like distracted or annoyed mm-hmm. but for Ashtanga it's to still be yep. in that mm-hmm. be in that space completely but still find grounding yep. still find that stillness in the unstillness yeah you answered what Ashtanga is <laughs> okay that's the power of Drishti I guess yes that's one part of it yes okay um, the, so my, my question had two parts so the first part mm-hmm. was beautifully answered um, so the second part of it so the first part was whether Ashtanga was a posture driven practice mm-hmm. the second part of it is in, ter- in terms of the progression of Ashtanga mm-hmm. right? 
what does it mean for practitioners who may end up hitting a wall in their practice because they are not able to achieve a pose, they're not able to, to put their foot behind their head because of body limitations, yep. because of injuries, because of whatever that happens in their life, old age. I hear you. What then happens to them? Yeah. And then um, what does the practice mean for someone like that who mm-hmm. can never progress? There is no such a thing that you can never progress. Everybody can progress, Aaron. And you just need to find... Uh, the right teacher for that mm-hmm. you know even if you're not progressing uh, the number of asanas that you're doing you can progress your practice mm. so in Ashtanga uh, we also believe that a person who's doing half primary let's say until boat pose mm. has a better understanding of what the what yoga is than a person who is doing intermediate or advanced A, B or whatsoever mm. and uh, there is uh, never a point when nobody is not progress of course there are certain places when uh, where we stop uh, our practice to learn something that we have to learn either through the physical or the emotional or the mental aspect of the practice or mm. your personal life that's the whole point of these postures you know overcoming our own difficulties or how do we find comfort within those given Mm. difficulties and uh, a teacher is not looking at how beautifully you can externally execute the postures and then you know a teacher is only trying to understand what your state of mind is so it's it's uh, a it's it's a very different teaching when you're in a MISO setup as a teacher and a student it's it's a teacher can really understand what yeah. goes through a student's mind a teacher will have that personal relationship with each and every student in the class doesn't matter how many students they have they will know every student uh, personally they have that relationship mm. so that's why this Mysore room is so empowering it's a sacred space mm. interesting yeah, lots of uh, people have many misconceptions regarding Ashtanga because, of course, it's a demanding practice. Yeah. We do have a lot of chaturangas and all these strength-driven postures. It it just requires a person to show up a few times to build the strength and have that consistency in uh, having the courage to step into the mat yeah. uh, every single day. The discipline that comes with the the daily practice of Ashtanga. Wake up 6 a.m. practice for two Preferably hours. Preferably 6 a.m. Not uh, that doesn't mean only a person who is practicing in the morning is Ashtangi. A person can practice even in the evening, but morning is the Shubha Mahurta and when your mind is more clear and yeah. calm. So I believe. I mean, I'm a fan of morning practices. Yes. Yeah. In my soul, great day to start the when day. When we are with our teacher, we start practicing at 3:30 and. and in the morning it's 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 beautiful once we finish our practice we can come and watch the sunrise you know we finish and we start the day fresh like that it's it's uh, all the ashtangi should go to Mysore once in their lifetime it's it's so beautiful to be there and uh, have all these uh, people come just to practice yoga because when we are living in a city like this where the life is so fast-paced and we are trying to find that center sometimes it's hard but when we are going to a place like that where all our focus is about the practice and learning more about the practice it's it's different it's life-changing it's that immersive where everybody is there for the same purpose yes whether is it yoga or any kind of convention or like uh, where all the like-minded people are attending totally yeah it's just it's very empowering there's a there is an air in that space where we're all motivating each other we're all here for a common cause from different countries different um, backgrounds all coming here for this one purpose yes and also imagine people how you can say all the celebrities of Ashtanga practicing mm, next to you right, Kino, right, yeah, yeah. Laruga and David Robson and all these people are just like any other student coming yeah, and practicing yeah, yeah. with it's you. It's all the same now. It's so, it's, it's so beautiful and mm. so amazing. Okay, okay. Mm. Um, what, is, um, what is an advice mm-hmm. that you can give to, uh, whether it's a beginner or an advanced ashtangi, 
of how they can approach each posture. I think you mentioned a bit about it just now, about how it's not about how well you do the pose, it's whether you can be present or it's whether you can be still in the unease. So what is some advice that you can give people of how they can do to to achieve that? Um, When I can only give advice from my own experience, which uh, when I practice every asana, I approach it with a new light. You know, every time I do it, I am looking forward to doing it. Even the worst hated postures like Kapotasana, Ekapada, Dvipada, I look forward to doing it. You know, I find joy in doing it. And uh, before all this, I would say the breath is the most important aspect of the practice. The breath is what moves our body, not the other way around. And so focusing on the breath makes our mind calmer. So this breathing aspect is the key potential to discovering what the asana is all about. And yes, just focus on the breath and enjoy what you're doing. Wow. That can be applied to literally any kind of discipline that you choose to take part in also. to be, to enjoy it for one why force yourself to do it if you don't even want to do it mm-hmm. and to and breath which is like being present yeah it can also be like let's say when we are uh, angry or agitated with somebody we can when we observe our breath is yeah. erratic you know, and if we just pay attention trying to calm the breath our mind is much more calmer isn't it mm. so yeah What are some of the surprising things that you have discovered about yourself from Ashtanga? Oh, that's a good question. Some of the things that I discovered of myself, I would say, initially when I started practicing, I was very posture-driven. Mm. I was uh, forcing my body into... Uh, various postures luckily I was never injured through yoga and uh, yes it made me realize when I advanced my Indian body had this capability of doing postures quite easily but my skinny self never had the strength Mm. for an ashtangi that required so first thing that ashtanga taught me was to be stronger and every day I stepped on the mat, I had the opportunity to get stronger day by day, day by day. And uh, not only the physical aspect, emotionally stronger, mentally stronger. And uh, it made me uh, have a deeper understanding of what yoga is. And I started learning other aspects of yoga and everything. So like I said, Ashtanga changed my life completely. Mm. So. Yes, the physical strength was the first thing and then the mental strength and all this. Then I reached postures like Dvipada, which was the grounding experience for me. I think almost not less than one and a half, two years, I was stuck at this one pose. You know, it was... (laughs) uh, Dvipada is when you put Mm -hmm. both the legs behind the head and trying to balance and lift up. I could never find a balance I always wobble mm. and uh, uh, I let go you know there was a point when I completely let go I said okay fine it's okay I don't need this pose then very next moment I did actually have this pose with effort mm. which was which was this experience telling me that okay don't be so uh, posture driven mm. or uh, goal driven you know just go through the journey and from then on my practice completely changed in a way that I am just enjoying what I'm doing which is what I'm trying to tell now also you know that it didn't come overnight even I had to go through this years of understanding what this practice is Mm. and yes yeah it's 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 beautiful I think this is something that every every individual should strive towards or it's lucky that you found Ashtanga to give you this 
a, a something to work towards. But then there is no goal. There is no end of the race for Ashtanga. Mm-hmm. It's just a constant race. There's no, there's no, there's no end, you know. So it's just a constant. What do you mean by that? Like, um, like if you let's say there's a if to have something that you want to work towards, right? Let's say you want to get a promotion, you want to get first prize in the competition. So then, I'll do everything that I can. I'll put in the effort to be able to achieve this thing. Mm-hmm. But for Ashtanga, there is no first prize. There is no position. Like okay, now I've I've reached the peak, mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. There's no end to yeah. this. So it's just a constant practice. Yeah. And even if you could do everything, that's still not the end of it. There is still yeah. more that that is not physically based or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of discipline will train you to be not worried about the price at the end of it it's about just the journey and say for for me I practice yoga more vinyasa hatha so then there is no there is no like um, there is no real goal mm-hmm. ashtanga there is okay I gotta achieve this pose I gotta progress there's a progression that's what I mean so Ashtanga there's a progression in Vinyasa there isn't really a progression the progression is is maybe like you know, arm balance you hold a little bit longer or whatever but for Ashtanga there's a very direct route mm-hmm. first one second one third one all the way to six yeah but not everybody will have access mm. to these direct routes yeah. like you say first one second one third one it's not that easy you know after mm. uh, uh, almost eight years of practice mm. I have only I could only advance until certain postures of advanced age so there is a limitation but uh, that is not our the point point you know like Patanjali says you know reaching to Samadhi I can't speak about Samadhi because I haven't experienced Samadhi I can only speak about the uh, Bahiranga Yoga or, mm. and Antaranga Yoga is Bahiranga Yoga is are the first five uh, uh, limbs uh, Yama, Niyama, mm. Asana, Pranayama and Pratyahara Pratyahara which is what you love mm. the most it's like a bridge bridge between the uh, external yoga and the internal okay. yoga the internal yoga are the dharana, dhyana, samadhi, the antaranga yoga. So together they are called samyama. So dharana is when we can focus our mind in mm. one point, like I mentioned before, ekatattva, uh, that one-pointed focus, ekatattva abhyasaha. Mm. So when we ha- have that one-pointed focus and we are able to fix our mind without getting distracted, and that is uh, uh, and that is concentration dharana and when we when this concentration when we can stretch it for a longer period mm. and uh, how do i say if i give you an example just imagine i'm pouring a glass of water a jug of water mm. down and this water breaks every now and then so that is a broken thing if, if i'm pouring a oil that it has one steady flow Mm. so imagine that is your dharana flowing without a broken rhythm that becomes meditation so dharana leads to dhyana Mm. meditation so there is there are these uh, uh, other aspects of the practice which we need to explore you know it's not only about physical aspect it's about fixing our own uh, life trying to lead a more truthful life trying to be more kind to others loving to each other and stuff like that you know all these yamas niyamas with the asana and gaining a mastery over the breath pranayama pratyahara withdrawing senses yeah. and dharana dhyana it's, it's a constant practice Aaron. and I am still swimming in the oceans you know it's like putting a tiny drop of uh, water into the ocean mm. and uh, eventually you realize you are part of the ocean in itself you know so yeah we're all in this journey together and like Baba Ramdes <laughs> said we are walking each other home right nice <sighs> man um, it's a lot to reflect it's a lot to like 
you think you know and then you don't know you know I love doing this podcast man I love <laughs> I love talking to people I love learning all the different um, uh, like experiences that you that people have especially in yoga like there's so many styles there's so many you know people come from all different mm-hmm. places and they have their own experiences to share and how it has shaped them or it has developed them in a certain way and then like I have my own experiences as well but it's it's just it's very interesting to hear all these different like it's the same yeah like it's the same experience but it's different yeah it is it is and uh, I owe it greatly to my loving wife Martha because she motivates me to be a better version of myself every single day she's so hard working and she motivates me to be better person every single time I'm so lucky to have met her mm. yeah it's, it's it's a lovely thing to say <laughs> and you are expecting a little one as well yes our family is growing <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, it's a massive massive journey ahead of us and we are both excited for it yeah okay how, how did you guys meet we met at Mysore hey, Ashtanga <laughs> really provides huh? okay so so the, the, just like she was next to you or something like that and then you just hit it off uh, not not really like that I would say I think uh, we have the slots where we practice uh, in batches in the uh-huh. shala so uh, both of us were in the same batch so more or less we finish practice around the same time and we uh, come out of the shala all the ashtangis in Mysore have the ritual of drinking coconut water Ooh. so there is this tradition of uh, there's this guy who's been there for years right. and uh, we started meeting <laughs> in this coconut place every single day and then we went for uh, idli once together and then we went for a small picnic to a temple and yeah I think one thing leads to another, another but both of us immediately knew uh, we were meant for each other I wow. guess it was there was that force of attraction was very strong with mm. both of us yeah and the, the both of you like I mean I don't really know Martha very well mm. but, but I've, I've heard about her from you and from you know and the two of you have such a the same goal you know and that helps each other out because then you're working towards as a team you're just working towards this magical goal of, mm-hmm. of, of through, through Ashtanga, through yoga. Yes, we are very lucky to have uh, each other and have found that uh, common oh, interest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at the same time, it also can be a little monotonous. Both of us just oh, speak true. about uh-huh. yoga and uh, yeah. nothing much. But, but yes, we love this and uh, we... We, we do stuffs together most of the time and yeah, it's, it's amazing it's okay, beautiful okay, okay. Um, I mean I I'm done with my questions <laughs> I feel like I'm very satisfied with like how things have unfolded do you have anything else you want to share? Um, uh, maybe I would like to take this opportunity to say that um uh, with what we're going through across the world we should really pause and pay attention to um, uh, ourselves and living in an abundance is not the way you know we have to um, find that fine line of like Buddha says moderation you know mm. it's it's uh, it's finding moderation in things and listen to your intuition and be kind to one another, help each other, and yeah, let's make this world a better place. Okay. Lovely note to end it on. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for inviting me to your home. Thank you for sharing. How can people find you if they want to go to your classes or attend your workshops? Yeah, people can find me at Home Yoga and teaching all vinyasas instead of um, flow classes at home and probably I'll be doing a workshop at home early next year and people can also find me at Ashtanga Yoga Singapore where we run a small Mysore program uh, along with my wife it's a tiny shala and 
yeah, we also have beginner workshops there and uh, we have morning Mysos Monday to Friday and uh, yeah, people can find me there. And thank you very much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to have some conversations and to speak to like-minded people. It's, it's very motivating. Yeah, Happy you. to be here. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, John. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Hello again. This is the end of the podcast. Um, like I said, John is an amazing soul. And really, his. while I was doing the podcast, I just felt so at ease. It, it's strange. Like, I felt very comfortable around him. And he has just he just has this presence. Um and he 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 truly is a lifelong learner of of yoga like when i was at his humble abode you could see like books on yoga that he was reading and you could see all these little trinkets that he's collected he him and his wife had collected over their travels to mysore or wherever around the world and travel in itself is a valuable valuable bleh, valuable learning experience so and thank you for listening to this episode. I love doing this. I love learning from all my guests. I love sharing their stories. And I love I love doing this. I love spreading this word, this, you know, it just conversation, you know. Just just talk to people, learn about everybody has their own story. And I love I love being in this position when I can share that story with you. Um, if you like what you hear, share it with your friends, repost it on IG, tag me, I'll repost it as well. You can also support the podcast, like I said, to, by donating to my coffee page. Links in the description below. And let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out. If you have any questions for John as well, reach out or any of my guests, just DM them. And I'll be sure to say hello back. If you see me at the studio, wave to me. Always happy to have a chat. And that's it. Mm, it's late. It's late. It's like 10 p.m. now. And I'm going for Jasmine's 7 a.m. class tomorrow. Anybody want to come? Mm? Uh, okay, maybe I'll see you there. Maybe not. I will wrap this up and I'll post it. And then I'm going to go to bed. Okay, bye.